Hey folks, this is Dr. Rob, and welcome to Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction, a podcast brought to you by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs and hosted by me and my sidekick, Tammy. Say hi, Tammy. Hi, Dr. Rob. Thank you. Our show provides useful answers to your most asked questions about cheating, betrayal, and addiction. Let's get started. Betrayed partner here, married 41 years. My SA husband has been doing all your recommended recovery work since formal disclosure in November of 21. Four slips since this time frame. I just found out for the past year he's been driving through a local college campus and also walking mm-hmm. through a park where there are young moms at the playground and people playing sports. He assures me he's only interested in all the activity and isn't objectifying or fantasizing about any women. He says he didn't tell me he was doing it because he knew I wouldn't want him to. So he's sexually sober, but not honest with me. Can you help me understand the addict's mindset here? Thanks. So I wrote an answer, hopefully for everyone can see. There could not be a more, I mean, there are lots more, but this is such a perfect example of someone who needs to go to residential treatment because not only is he staying, he's doing all the recommended work. I'm not sure about that, but he's slipping and he's lying and he's going into environments that are not safe for him. And and certainly, you know, I don't, I didn't go to college. Well, forget me, I'm a man, you know, 17 year old or 20 year old women don't go to college. So, so some, what you're married 41 years. So some, you know, 66 year old geezer can walk, cruise on campus. I can tell you as a sex addict, I, I never wanted to be that guy. It was one of the reasons I recovered. I never wanted to be one of those older people who's leering at younger yeah. people. It's creepy. And I'm sure he doesn't look at it that way, but he's walking after or following the attractive ones. He's sitting there watching everyone go by. Who knows what he's doing? Maybe he's flirting. So this is someone who I think is unsafe. I don't really know what they're doing walking through parks where there are young moms. I mean, that just feels so icky to me. So, and then he says he's interested, not interested in that. He's not objectifying, but there he is. But then he didn't tell you he was doing it. And he said, he's sexually sober. I like that you put those in quotes, not, but he's lying to me. So I don't know. Can you help me understand the addict's mindset? I will leave to Tammy, but I will just say this. Um, The men who come to treatment are, often in this situation and they just are so clueless and it surprises me and i really mean this how many men come in at 55 at 65 i think they get to the point hopefully where they realize that it doesn't look pretty as you get older you know you either look like a leering old person or you're paying for it um i guess the last thing i want to say is this is not a man who respects your marriage he doesn't respect you and your marriage and i think he's spinning you and keeping you as much in the dark as he can and trying to keep you from really standing up to him and saying this isn't okay because and i'll say one more thing about it it's not your job to understand it it's not your job to understand it it's your job to think about how can i take care of myself in this situation and what am i afraid of and how can i avoid well tell me you could talk about that part it's not their Sue, oh, this is not this person's job to figure out what's going on with the attic. And that was sort of the purpose of the question. What do you think about that? I am so unbelievably sad because he's lying to himself Mm. and he's lying to you. There is, you know, he's lying, 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 lying. You know, that's, you know, Dr. Rob sometimes types in liar, liar, pants on fire. That's this, this guy is lying to himself, you know? 
oh yeah, I wasn't objective. You know, why isn't he going to the senior center and watching them play cards? You know, like, <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I, no, no, seriously. I'm sorry. But, you know, I mean, I, no, but it's like, no, he's well, going he's, to places where. If, if you got, wait, wait, if he got married at 20, then you don't mm-hmm. want him at this. I'm just saying, because that's close to how old I am. So I'm not going to the senior No, no, no. But right I'm like, now. no, it's the young people. He's going to the young college. He's oh, why isn't he the... going to activities that are age appropriate? Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yes. If he, My if ego's you out go to it. the pickleball court. Yeah, this isn't. No, okay. It's like, you know, no, this is he's going to places where there are young women and he is absolutely objectifying and fantasizing, and he's walking through. He's spending quality time, and he's not telling you, you know? I'm like, so he's lying. We have a treatment center. He's lying. We have a treatment center. That's And I I really- Healthy boundaries for you. What, what, there are a couple of reasons why, really quickly that I say this about treatment is, I've, he's been doing all the recommended recovery work. Okay, maybe he has. No, and maybe he really has. Yeah. Maybe there's a piece missing. And I'm not saying that he isn't lying, he isn't cheating. And But if he's going to meetings, going to therapy, you know, taking class, doing the things he needs to do. And he, I mean, you know, he had the slips. So at least he's not being completely mm-hmm. dishonest about That's everything. True. So he's saying, I've done a lot of work, but he's struggling like this. And I really believe if someone's working that hard and they are still struggling, at this level, that is a reason to go to treatment because, you know, how much can you do? How many meetings, how much therapy? So at a certain point, and Tammy and I will say, at a certain point when people are really, really trying hard and they're doing their best, but they are still really struggling, that is what we do. That is why they come to us. Um, but anyway, any other thoughts about this? Uh, yes, because the stopping the behavior is the very, it's really important, but that's the very beginning of this. You know, let's say he's in his sixties. This is decades old. This is decades old stuff. So it's stop the problematic behavior and address the underlying issues. But, but my, I mean, I, I suspect he really believes I'm not really objective. I'm just walking through because I'm, I mean, that's what we tell ourselves in active addiction is that all of these things are all okay. And, you know, I didn't want to hurt you. That's why I didn't tell you. It wasn't like, oh, I need to be accountable. I thought I saw a moth or something, yeah. um, but I, I want to be accountable, you know, and I value our relationship the most, you know, so I'm going to, you know, and you said slips and I'm going, like Dr. Rob said, he's, you know, he's telling you and I was like, oh, or did he tell you or did you catch them? So, cause those are different. So more will be revealed, but you holding healthy boundaries for you and him getting more help. Yeah. I a hundred percent. So. Okay, more next question. I'm a female sex addict, porn addict, blocked all porn from all devices for 20 days now. Yay. In therapy, going to lots of 12-step meetings. Now I find myself taking pictures of myself and using them as porn. Is that following the same addiction process? Well, you know how you felt sad before? Well, now I'm sad. Because I'm just going to speak as a, a person and not as some fancy therapist. What I hear is someone who's, I mean, and I relate to this and most of my clients do, although they may not be aware of it. I hear someone who's incredibly lonely and wanting attention mm-hmm. and wanting validation and wanting it through the ways that we know how to get it right away, you know, and now there's nobody around to hook up with or get that or the porn or whatever. And now you're objectifying yourself. Maybe that's the only one that was there. To, this is what made me sad. Maybe yeah. you're the only one there to look back at you. 
And I have a feeling that this isn't the first time I could think of a little kid, you know, um, who mm. uses fantasy in this way, just to not feel alone, the kids who were neglected. And so, and I will say also that the number one, or certainly one of the highest forms of trauma that I see in sex addicts is neglect. And so that's what made me really sad about this. Like the closest you can come to the desperate connection you need down here is with yourself. And so, yes, I think it is following the same addiction process. It's going further down the, the rabbit hole. It doesn't bring you what you want and need. What I wonder about is how much you're talking about this in meetings, that you raise your hand and say, I I've been using myself as an object and what else could I do? How else can I handle it? You know, It isn't enough for some of us to go to meetings and know a lot of people and do all this stuff. Sometimes we need to know what to, what to do when we cross the threshold at home and we're alone. You know, I'm one of those people. Well, I, I think it's better now. I was so empty inside that when I was out in the world, I was fine, but get me home alone. Well, who's going to pay attention to me? Who's going to engage me? Who's going to make me feel like I'm valuable? You know, because I was so objectified, I'm only as good as how you see me. Mm. And that's so I think that you're a very lonely person and the addiction has a lot to do with it. And I would acknowledge that maybe you need more escape routes when you're home to make sure that before you do that, that maybe there's a different way to connect. Um, and here's, I'll give you my last best sponsor piece, which is you can do that all you want, but you got to call someone first in the recovery and say, I'm thinking about doing this. Is that okay? And they have to say, no, I think you should actually take a hot bath and relax. This may not be something to tackle by yourself. Uh, uh, so more help. Um, I hope you have a sponsor. It's only 20 days, but I hope you have um, a sponsor in the 12 step. You can't go to too many 12 step meetings. Right. I have had multiple people say that every time I think about relapsing and I'm not saying you're relapsing. So anytime you're thinking about doing some of these behaviors that are problematic for you, somebody said, I listened to one of Dr. Rob's podcasts. They're 24 seven. You can, you can just, you know, I was like, whatever you need to break that you know, in the moment, calling a person, having a sponsor to call, having peer support. It doesn't have to just be your sponsor, but having peer support uh, to be able to do that. You're very early in the process. I'm so grateful for you're here. Um, the, the female sex and love addict group on sex and relationship healing.com is on Tuesday nights. I strongly encourage you to do that. They, yeah, it's free. And they do share, you know, numbers. So you'd have more contacts. So yeah, more, um, you know, working on, uh, so Dr. Rob's sex addiction 101 and the workbook, you know, and it, you, getting a three circle plan and finding more of the things in the outer circle. Like Dr. Rob said earlier, you know, can you take a walk? Can you do something, you know, can you do something that is good for you just to be nurturing that fills that hole in the soul, you know, could be helpful too, but keep coming back. Promise me you'll keep coming back to here in these other groups. And I, I want to add to that for just one second. And mm -hmm. I, if there's any way you could take a little of the focus off of yourself by helping mm -hmm. someone else. Um, I don't know if you knew this, Tammy, but all the men at the treatment center are going to soup kitchen on, you know, most of Thanksgiving. Um, okay. And, and there are all kinds of models now in sex offender and sex addiction therapy. Of course, we've always known this as addicts, but that service that I think there's actually brain studies I just was reading about this, that 
there is something so rewarding and brings us such peace when we are giving to another person or even, you know, going to the SPCA and helping with a dog. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would think about in those moments I wanted to go in front of the mirror, I think, well, but I did this for this person today, or I, you know, so if you can look for little pieces that are making other people's lives better and get connected that way, other than all of the bad and wrong and terrible, I think it'll help. Yeah, no, I love that. And, you know, uh, um, I, well, on the 12 step, on the coins, you know, part of it is service that that is a key to part of the, how we, how we do recover. And I was going to say humane society. So yeah, any, there's, you start working with pets and, you know, animals and like that fills your soul too. So yeah, what, whatever you need to do that's different, you know? Um, well, cause uh, Tammy and I share dog pictures all the time. So yes, look how cute my do. dog is doing this. Look how <laughs> Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Next question. My husband is very new to recovery and I wanted to know if it's selfish of me to ask him to challenge himself to find other ways to be intimate with me other than just sexual. He does have a softer side. I've seen glimpses of him expressing it. I need to know if I'm asking more than he can give. Also, when is a good time to start daily check-ins with my partner? Why don't you answer the last one and I'll answer the first part. How about that? Okay. You want me to start with that? Yeah, why don't you do the bottom okay. the 504 one and I'll do the 503 one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's all fine. I doesn't know which order you want to go. So so daily check-ins, I you're very new to recovery. Um, there are patterns for that. Sometimes it's sometimes it can be too early for a partner and addict to be able to do that and be truthful about it. So here's where I'm going to back it up a little bit. I hope your partner has a qualified professional that he is working with. I hope you have a qualified professional that can be supportive for you. There's a lot of stuff here. I'm like, I get that you're very new and this is all overwhelming. Nobody gets the roadmap of how to deal with this stuff. You know, like you never got married going, oh, and then it's certain, you know, at this year I'm going to have discovery and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be all of this stuff that you weren't planning on. I hope you are both leaning into the podcast that I mentioned earlier, the sex, love and addiction. There's lots of great information. There's a ton of previously recorded podcasts. I mean, webinars too on, on that site. So you can, you know, pick apart that. Um, I hope he's joining the sex addiction 101 work group. If he hasn't already, there's another one, December 5th at 90 minutes over six weeks, he'll have a three circle plan. So getting the tools of recovery, um, you know, it takes time. So doing a daily check-in if Thanos, F-A-N-O-S, I'll go get the the information and put it in the um, chat. That is one form of check-in. There are others, but you can talk to your qualified professionals. They can help you figure out what would be best for you. They're short, um, but getting those check-ins, you know, can be really helpful if you're able to communicate, if he's able to be honest, if, he, if he's still not showing up, you know, honest, that's a challenge. So, so it is a little bit of a timing thing. I get input from qualified professionals. So I'll turn it over to you and I'll get that link. No, but I want to uh, just mirror something Tammy said, which is maybe you start by talking in therapy. You know, maybe you meet with a couples, not a lot, but maybe once a month or once every six weeks. The problem is, and the reason we don't recommend, or at least I don't recommend couples therapy at the beginning when, when some kind of disclosure or discovery or someone's new to recovery, is that oftentimes couples get in a trap um, in couples therapy. And first of all, the partner doesn't know a lot of stuff. And so there's just all this tension in the room. And often the addict feels 
both angry and terrible. So, you know, basically all that happens in couples therapy is why don't we get off my back or, and I feel so terrible that I hurt you at the attic end. And at the partner's end, I hate you. You ruined my life. How could you love me and do this? And those are fine things to say, but it's very hard to work from that place. You guys have to kind of separate and work on yourselves and then maybe come back for couples is how we look at it. But there's nothing wrong with going to see a therapist and just saying, we, we want to figure this part out. When can we, or we want to have some communication in front of a professional or, and one of the reasons that I'm concerned with all this, Tammy, is that it's the new part to recovery is that, for example, um, I would want some outside feedback. You could say to your husband, would you talk to your sponsor or would you raise your hand in a meeting and say, I've only been here six weeks or eight weeks or nine weeks. And, you know, uh, I do this with my spouse. Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's a bad idea? Um, I love that you see the softer side in your spouse. But right now I'm more concerned about the, the side that hurt you and abused you and let you down. And because we all want to think that's everything okay. We all kind of want to get lured back into we're fine, we're okay. And having that's problem, by the way, having a lot of sex early in recovery can often come out of a place where the spouse wants reassurance for the relationship and for themselves. Or the spouse starts to feel comfortable like in some way, like, oh, okay, at least I know what's going on. At least, you know, I haven't been crazy. And um, those aren't good reasons to be sexual with someone. Um, there is only, at least the, my safety net around being sexual is, do you trust them? And that's always, what. why would you have sex when you don't trust? The part about working your way toward intimate sexuality, I absolutely agree. You know, if I were working with someone who'd been around a year or six months and they was wanted to start redeveloping intimacy or developing intimacy with a partner, you know, we might have an agreement for two weeks, all we're going to do is shoulder massages or, you know, we're going to... Um, dry each other off when the other one gets out of the shower or, you know, I, I don't know what, or, or foot rubs. In other words, how many intimate things can you do physically and sharing of yourselves that aren't necessarily having sex? And I also want to say, are you emotionally intimate with each other? Do you know how to do that? Do you know how to, does he or you know how to open themselves up and connect emotionally? Because the part of the sexuality that you want that comes out of affection and connection and um, he may not know how to do that. And he certainly may not know because that's where it comes from, right? You don't just start, Hey, let's give each other a massage. You open up, you share, you talk about what's going on. Then you feel warmer toward people. I mean, there's a whole process. So I would question emotional intimacy and how is that going? I would look at physical intimacy that is non-penetrative or non-orgasmic, um, you know, touching each other. By the way, someone making me dinner is incredibly wonderful and sensual. It makes me feel great, but it isn't about sex. It's about intimacy. Um, so are you asking more than he can give you? The only question for me would be, where is he at with his sobriety? Because new to recovery means having a lot of sex with you is kind of like maybe replacing part of what he didn't have to uh, what he didn't have to do with you before because he was doing it out there, but he's still kind of losing himself of the experience. Um, the other thing is, you know, if he's newly sober, is that going to send him back to acting out? You know, is that sex with you going to leave him spinning into something that he shouldn't be spinning into? And these are not decisions that necessarily the two of you should make. This is what therapists are for and sponsors are for. Maybe getting some feedback about this um, beyond just us, but feedback for people who know you and know where you're at. And, Anyway, that's my 
my best one about that. Can you also comment on the, is it selfish, you know, like uh, from the partner standpoint? It, why don't you go ahead? Okay. <laughs> Cause, well, Cause I was you like, know what you're thinking see, about. Well, I do. Cause um, uh, like I, I, it feels like, and I'm just making this up, but from what I'm reading, but it feels like you're worried about him. And I don't hear that right. you're like incredibly angry for the betrayal and the hurt. And, and so right. you're still working on taking care of him. And is it like, am I asking too much? It, right. Like there's all, well, I don't know about always 99.9% .9 of the time, there's a huge gap on what an addict you know, can show up and do and what a partner really deserves and thought they should have, you know, from the get go. I agree with Dr. Rob. I mean, I hear often from addicts who are struggling because it's like, or partners who go, I feel like I'm part of the porn, you know, uh, like he's using me like he used porn. So, so I agree with Dr. Rob. Why would you want to have sex, penetrative sex with somebody you don't trust? But to me, it's not like, it's not about you being selfish. It's like, you know, you have a real reason to be identify your anger and like and what has happened and grieve the loss of the relationship you hope for with this person who has betrayed you so so it feels like selfish is putting it on you of like oh you know like am i being am i asking too much you may be asking for more than you give but are you asking for too much no you want a partner who's showing up so you having a healthy boundary about what you need for your physical safety, emotional safety, financial safety, spiritual safety, that's key. And that's not being selfish. That is showing that I value me and I'm going to take care of me, even though you couldn't, I am. So that was where I was going. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah, no, that was, and I guess I want to know, do you want to have sex with him? I don't even really see, I really want to have sex with him, but I'm worried about this or that. What do you want? Do you want to be sexual? Do you want to be intimate? Are you saying, I want to do this? I want to, or like, what exactly are you saying for yourself? So I think there's a lot to be clarified. Let's move on because I know we're too oh, short okay. on time. Yes. Lots yes. of questions. And we're gonna, I, yes. How do I handle the stress of acting as though things are between my husband and Fine. my, mm -hmm. uh, my sex addiction husband and I are peachy and healthy as we approach the family holiday season. I've told my essay husband, I don't feel comfortable telling our immediate families about his addiction and betrayal trauma it has caused. Yes. Partly, this is absolutely about shame I'm wrestling with, though I also right. have the real concerns about some toxic tendencies in our families to blow things into a war and make our issues their issues. <laughs> absolutely true. That's a great wearing insight. The of, yes. Wearing the mask of ease and happiness has already been very taxing. How do I continue to keep up my boundary of not telling our immediate families, but also allow myself safe space to, um, to uh, feel not okay? Well, I, I don't know what period of time you're spending with them or, you know, what, whether you're, but, but my, my response to this is try not to spend a lot of time. Like if you come for dinner and you spend two or three hours together, if you can, you know, if you're just coming for the day or for the evening, it's less likely you're going to fall into that. I don't, Tammy, what is wrong with being superficial? Maybe I'm some, maybe I'm wrong about that. But at this, at this point, superficial or, you know what, <laughs> divide and conquer, you know, like he can go to his family. You can go to your family. It's like, yep, we're just, oh, it's been, it's been a lot this year, whatever, you know, but you have the superficial and change the subject. But, but yeah, like Dr. Rob said earlier, sitting at the Thanksgiving table and having the over turkey talking about his sex addiction. Oh my gosh, that'd be horrible, you know? So, and, and sometimes 
people perceive that, well, if I tell them, then they're going to be on my side. It doesn't always That's go even that worse. Way. I know partners have had it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times partners have gone, they're blaming me, you know? Yeah. Right, so like, you that. don't know what hornet's nest you're going to open up. What do you need for your physical right. safety? And I'm like, figure it out. And it's okay to say we're, we're going together. We're going for, you know, two hours, you know, and then we've got another engagement and, or, I'm going to go be with my family. Mm. You can go be with, I just can't, it's okay. You know, take care of this year, just for this year. You can figure out next year, next year, but this year it's okay to just go, you know, I'm not going to paint on the happy, cheery face. I, if you don't feel it, you know, so. I want to add just one thing to this, which mm -hmm. is, and I think this is a really good idea because I thought of it is that. <laughs> You can set up ways to take care of yourself. So let's say you're going to be there for two days or three days, or it's not a meal. You can't get, you can't get out of there. Sorry. Um, who can you talk to? Who, oh, what support great group idea. have you been going to where you say, I'm going to check in with you in the morning and you in the afternoon, because I might get call caught up in this and I need someone mm -hmm. to talk about this with, but I don't want to bring it up here. Um, you don't have to keep it all bottled up. You just don't want to bring it up with those folks, at least certainly. And I really admire, look, it's hard. It's the addicts make it harder on you by the nature of our problem. Of course, with anything in the world you're struggling with, you should be able to turn to your family or at least the safe people there. But I, I love what this person said about, I don't want it to touch on my shame, which is to me meant, um, um, Maybe I could have done a better job, you know, like the family going after me because it's my fault or my feeling like it's my fault. I think it's a great boundary to say I'm not I, I think it was best not to talk to my family um, it, and the toxic toxic tendencies in our families to blow, blow things into a war. Have you met my family? <laughs> I feel like you've met them. But um be superficial, watch TV game, you watch game, watch the game you were never interested in, you know, and most of all, have someone to reach out to. You can, you can go in one, in another room and put on some headphones and go to one of the support groups or go to Al-Anon or there are people all through the holiday you can sit with. We love, I can't speak for Tammy, but sometimes just being in a room where people are sharing about their own challenges and relating to it, uh, really, I find very comforting. It's like a meditation. So um, don't be alone with this is what I say to you. Yes, I, I love that. And, you know, and have a plan, have something on your phone that you can read, have, have somebody that you can be texting and just go, yeah, you know, I'm hanging in there or, oh my God, Aunt Lucy's doing like whatever, I mean, whatever, whatever you need to do. Okay, one more and then we'll see. I'm going to save the other questions for another time. I'm a 24 year old straight male college student. I started watching porn when I was eight. I believe I became desensitized to porn specifically with women. I still find women hot, but I consider myself straight. I still consider myself straight. I never considered myself bisexual or homosexual ever. And to this day, I'm attracted to women outside of the porn realm. When I watch porn, I guess that I have developed a fetish of male genitalia. There's also a um, subreddit called sissy hypnosis which supposedly turns viewers into sissies. So now I, that when I watch porn because of this hypnosis, I've developed tendencies, which may be a fetish, but the tendencies are when I masturbate, I feel like- I think that like this is way woman. too- okay, thank you. Okay. Way too, um, 
I think that this is someone who's really struggling. Why do why do they watch a per, certain kind of porn when they never thought that they would be it would be a thing that they would be turned on? And all I can say to you folks is that porn is both arousing and exploratory, meaning that. And I'll say this: I said this before. Um, I am I am a, a, a sissy. And by the way, that is a really that's like using the N word. We don't really you know, use that word. It's incredibly hey, insulting. I was, like, I don't even know. That's what, what they called me when I was five in the, in so the schoolyard. Oh, it's, oh, wow. Okay. Well, they, it's just the same as, as the N word or really it's, it's yeah. my culture. So if you take a word that is derogatory and you call me that now I can claim it. I can say, yeah, I'm a big old sissy, but that's, I own that. But in any case, what I hear is someone who's struggling with something they look at that they're aroused by and they don't understand it. And I just want you to, to get this, is that the reason I bring up being, being homosexual is because I have seen boobs in so much porn. I've seen big boobs. I've seen small boobs. I've seen a lot of porn because I'm a sexologist and we had to actually study porn. And no matter how many women's breasts I see, it doesn't turn me on. I think about what they would look best wearing. I mean, that's about as far as I go, meaning I'm not sensitized to look at or aroused by um, women's body parts, no matter how many times I see them. So if I saw something that turned me on, even though I didn't expect it, it probably is something that turns me on. So I don't know what it means for you, but, and I don't know what you call yourself. I don't think it needs a name at all. I just think it's maybe it's okay to say I have an attraction to men. That's it. You don't have to call it a fetish. You don't have to say about trauma. You don't have to call it, you know, you don't have to go on Reddit and find names for it. You can just simply say, I have an attraction to men and I'm not sure what to do with it or what it means. And you can explore that if you want. But, you know, walks like a duck, talks like a duck. If it doesn't have some kind of sexual resonance inside of you, it's then it doesn't exist. And if it does, then it's part of who you are. So I would just be curious about it. I'm curious that I have this attraction. I don't know what it means. Um, and I'm not going to Google it. Okay. That's probably not going to be helpful. Um, but I love you're here and asking questions. I mean, I think that's, that's a good start. So the next one oh. um, is married 35 years, found out about porn addiction since his teens, numerous emotional affairs and a physical affair seven years ago, full relapse 18 months ago, sober since August, but he still doesn't understand why he can't keep secrets. He's on step one in SA. Oh man. After all that time. And has been seeing a CSAT since August. I know he's very damaged by his mother, who is still alive and causing problems. How long should it take him to figure this out? Mm. Well, I think this is another person who probably would do well in residential treatment. And when I see, when I, when I hear married 35 years, when I don't hear, you know, well, he's 27 or she's 32, or when someone has been struggling with this for so many years, because um, I assume they're not, you know, 40, if they've been married 35 years, I often say to the older men I work with or men my age, which is, you know, I started working on this when I was 26. You know, I've had the opportunity to be in therapy and 12-step programs for more of my life than I haven't, which I haven't really thought about. Um, but once you're 55, 60, 60, you know, you don't have that much time to get down all the stuff you need to get down. And so I, you know, the, the more opportunity you have to do that, the better. And that's why I recommend, uh, especially if he's, by the way, if at, if I'm 60 something and I'm still dealing with the damage of my mother, there's some work I need to do. You know, if I'm 25, yes, 35, yes, but 65, you know, that was a very long time ago. So, um, let me see what else, there was something else in here. Um, 
Yeah, I don't, Tammy, I don't, I don't feel good about, I mean, I feel bad about this. And I feel like you're, some of the wool is being pulled over your eyes with, oh, but I was damaged by my mother and it's still causing problems yeah. and she's still alive. And, but I also see full relapse, you know, and I'm, you know, anyway, by the way, sober on step one or working on step one, but seeing a CSAT since August, I don't know. There's something here that doesn't feel right Tammy, and I'm not sure what it is. I agree. And the, the, like step one, I mean, in the olden days, they would take people through all 12 steps in a couple of hours, you know, so, so somebody 18 months in and still stuck at step one, that is somebody who doesn't want to change. So getting well, a higher good level guidance. of help. Yeah. Yeah. There's someone whose butt needs to be kicked is really the issue. Um, I do want to say that a number of people have written in about finding CSATs or experts in this work. Mm -hmm. And I, that's why yes. I do want to say it, Tammy, that Tammy worked with the expert training organization for I don't know, a decade. I don't know how long you were there. More and than so a decade. Tam yeah. So. Tammy has pretty much known, knows every trained person in the country and outside the country. We also know the ones that aren't very good and we don't get yes. kickbacks from therapists. No. So right T-A-M-I, Tammy, at SeekingIntegrity.com. Right. And we make a lot of recommendations. We actually know who are good therapists and, you know, where there's a good weekend or workshop or something. So several people asked about it. And, yes. you know, Tammy's a great resource. And if, if one of them doesn't work, write me back or see if they, you know, if they don't have a lot, the good ones, many of them are full. Guess what? I know more. But, but I was going to type this in, but I appreciate the opportunity here. It's like going to a general practitioner. Oh, this person says they do this or they do some addiction work. CSATs are highly trained professionals. They have their licensed credentials and then they go do 150 hours of additional training. And then they keep that certification by continuing that education. They have tools that non-CSATs do not have access to. You want the right diagnosis. Dr. Robbins said, if, if you need a heart, doctor you want a heart doctor not your general practitioner if you need a cancer doctor you need a cancer specialist you want the right help so you get but, to pick but you want to go to the best cardiac person you want to yes. go to the best yes. there's lots of surgeons i don't mean to correct you. I, I want to add to no. what you're saying and that's yeah. i think the filter that we have there are lots of yes. very good therapists who don't do this work very well there are lots of therapists who kind of get this but they don't do therapy it, it's hard stuff yeah so, and the good ones go, this is out of my, this is out of my arena yes. and I'm going to refer you. That's a really good general practitioner or, you know, it's a, I love when I hear this is something I don't normally do deal with. Can you help? Yes. We'll give you the resources and support to get that person to someone who can. Thank you for listening to this episode of Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction. If our words have led you to seek help, please reach out. You can always find us at www.seekingintegrity.com.